How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was Jason Mraz, a singer-songwriter. He's had so many incredible hits, things like I'm Yours, which I just played, I Won't Give Up, Lucky, The Remedy, the list goes on and on. There's a song called You and I Both that I love so, so much from one of his earlier albums. It reminds me of my high school days. I was so excited to sit down and chat with Jason Mraz about his new album, which is so, so good. It's called The Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride. There's a opening track on there called Getting Started, which I cannot stop listening on repeat and repeat and repeat. Anyway, the album's out now. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your music. And I hope you enjoy this chat with Jason Mraz. We kind of did a breakdown of a lot of his songs, and uh, he told me some memories that he had as he was making those songs, and he was really just lovely to chat with. And he's openly bisexual, so it was great during Pride Month to get to talk to him about his sexuality as well in the music industry. So I hope you all enjoy this chat as much as I did. You can watch the video of the chat over at the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. I try to put all the interviews over there. Also find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back later this week with all of our Bravo recap stuff. We're also recapping, and just like that, the sequel series to Sex and the City. That's on the podcast feed for those first two episodes. If you want to hear that recap, my friend Hannah Brown, not from The Bachelor World, but my other friend, comedian, and fellow uh, wonderful person, Hannah Brown. She joins me for the recap of the first two episodes of In Just Like That, and it's on the Everything Iconic podcast feed. I'll be on tour in October. Come see me, everythingiconic.com, for all that info. And without further ado, please enjoy my chat with the one, the only, Jason Mraz. Jason, you really mean a lot to me because you, I probably hear this all the time, but uh, you were really the soundtrack to my high school years. I made a video for friends in high school where I used you and I, uh, your song, which is probably my favorite song of yours. But uh, I also, you were one of my very first concerts to, that I ever went to in Cleveland. Um, so first of all, Jason, how are you today? And I will try to get all that gushing out of the way now. Oh, well, I'm great, Danny. Thanks. I'm, I'm even better now with all that complimentary remarks. Thank you. 
Sure, sure. Um, wait, so I said you were one of my first concerts. What were some of your first concerts that you ever went to? So my parents took me to see a bunch of concerts when I was a kid. I saw Kenny Loggins and the Beach Boys, which I think really kind of sums up my sound. And I, and it's this is such a great question whenever you ask a musician, because I think those first concerts have such a huge impression on the kind of musician and or maybe person you'll become. But then, uh, so I saw a bunch of acts as a little kid because luckily my parents were into going to see shows. But the first concert I ever saw on my own money where my parents dropped me off, I was in seventh grade and I bought tickets to Millie Vanilli with Young MC and Seduction were the openers. Uh. And every everyone was great, especially Millie Vanilli, regardless of th- that outcome. I remember like making eye contact and crying a little bit because I was connecting with, you know, people I had seen on television and, and, and heard, you know, at really deep moments in my seventh grade life, you know, at the roller rink and harmonizing on the radio to blame it on the rain. Um, so that was a huge, um, concerts were huge for me as a little kid. I mean, it really means, I think, a lot when you, especially in those sort of formative years, when you see someone, it really becomes so much of what you like at that time and it informs so much of what you like later on in life. Um, I had a pretty transcendent experience at Celine Dion too, as an adult, but she, she like touched my hand and I, oh boy, I was like a young adult and I remember just being so overwhelmed by it. Um, she was, of course, touched a million people's hands, but you know, it's stuck. uh, Yeah, because it's a moment where you intersect with, an icon or, you know, a legend. And you think they're still on their life trajectory. They're still doing it. And somehow your life path, which at up until then maybe had seemed so irrelevant, you cross with somebody like that and they touch your hand and you realize you're now a part of their life and they're now a part of your life. And it makes your life feel extra special. Like, wow, I can actually accomplish crazy things. Like yeah. even coming in contact with, um, you know, these, these people who seem so untouchable. Yeah. I mean, it's wild yeah, to me that I get cool. to talk to you because again, you meant so much of my high school and college years and also being from Ohio, there's just not really like access, especially back, um, in the nineties and early two thousands, you didn't have social media to be able to connect with people. I, I often think about what that would have been like in my teenage years to be able to like comment on someone or DM with someone on social media because everyone where I was from, it seemed so far away. So when someone would come through our town or I'd get, be able to get tickets to see somebody, it was just so extra special. I don't know. Yeah. Jason, your new album is called Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride out June 23rd. I got a chance to listen to this early and I loved it so, so much. Your current song is Pancakes and Butter, which is just so, I don't know. It's just the sweetest. It's been gloomy in LA um, lately and listening to it uh, in the house of my boyfriend, it was just like the best vibe. I I hate that word because it's a little bit overused, but it was just the best vibe. So I can't wait for people to listen to it. Also, I'm going to be talking about getting started in a bit, which was the opening track from from the album, which I also love. But before I do, I want to ask about some of the hits from your earlier albums. And so I guess, well, it doesn't not necessarily a lightning round, but I'm going to throw out a title. And if there's something about the making of it, the writing of it, the performing of it, the impact of it, whatever comes to mind. 
um, okay. if you could share with us. Uh, so you and I, that's my personal favorite of yours. What sort of first comes to mind about the experience of you and I? I wrote this song in a garage on post-it notes. And then I was, then I was able to stick the post-it notes all over the mic stand. Um, and I have a mic stand right here. It's a little blurry though. Um, that way I could sing the song based on the post-it notes. And I remember like flipping the post-it notes around to try different moments. But this was a triumph of a song for me because um, up until that point, I was I always wrote kind of weird songs or songs that didn't have a, um, a song structure, like a f- recognizable formulaic song structure. Um, I just would so kind of improvise a song into existence and I would rarely edit it. I would say, this is my expression. This is the song. Um, and you and I both was the first song I wrote where it felt like I had been able to write in that sort of freestyle, freestyle, uh, but also it felt like it was starting to come together in a, in a pop structure that could be understood. Uh, by those in the industry who were looking for, you know, radio songs. Um, I, uh, it was a song about writing as an, as a tribute to a person in my life who got me started writing when I was about 18. Uh, my first, my first relationship uh, was with a gal who was a poet and, she was such a great writer and uh, she would always encourage me to, to like try again, think deeper, go further um, and sing like you don't try to emulate your heroes. Don't try to change your voice, like be yourself. And though that relationship wasn't a forever relationship um, intimately, um, I wanted to tribute this person in song and that's who the song is about. Um, was recognizing that, you know, um, we both loved words and you helped me become who I am. And I will always, always, always remember you and, um, and love you. I just love that song. Uh, okay. I'm yours. A huge hit, of course. What comes to mind? I'm yours was written out of a, uh, freestyle. I, I wasn't necessarily suffering but i was was like i was not in a relationship so i was kind of feeling that so okay i should preface this by saying when i was younger i thought that love was somewhere out there and once you were in some kind of relationship then you could have the experience of love and you could kind of bring it in um and so i used to put a lot of pressure on others um to to for me to to experience love or practice love and um so anyway i was i was not in a relationship and i was craving it i was craving some kind of muse some kind of inspiration so that i could come back into music and into uh practice of love for 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 me to have reasons to write songs and singing out to the great unknown improvising uh, came this song basically saying, make me an instrument. I'm yours. And lucky, lucky for me in that practice, I was also being a witness to the improv and I wrote it down and, um, I thought it was cute. 
like a little nursery rhyme or something that could kind of help me. And I played it live for many, many years before I recorded it. And, uh, you know, it didn't make it on my second album. It just, it was too young and not realized, but I played it a lot during my second album tour and finally put it on my third album. And it just, for some reason it connected. And I think it connected because it was channeled as a freestyle and it is a song of generosity about giving yourself or your time away to something or someone else. And in doing so, you kind of remove the ego and you just become available to be love. And I think that's why it's so it's used so often in um, uh, ceremonies and or um, special friendships. When I sing the song live, people sing to each other. They turn, they stop looking at me and they kind of sing it in their group. And that's, that's just one of the highest honors ever. Yeah. I'm a writer myself and hearing you talk about sort of improvising song, I don't write songs, but um, I always find my best writing sort of comes when I feel more like this might sound cheesy, but more like just a vessel for whatever's coming out of me. And sometimes when I try to pre-plan something, it doesn't go as well, but um, oftentimes when I look back at the thing that I'm most proud of or the work I'm most proud of, it, it feels similar to seemingly what you're saying of where you're kind of living in the moment. It just kind of comes through you. Um, yeah. Uh, There's a okay. great quote and I, and I, I don't know who said it, unfortunately, but it's like, God can't enter the room unless you aren't there. And so like, getting to a state where you're just like, you're not editing, you're not judging, you're not being creative and trying to put these ideas down. You're just being available. You know, mm -hmm. your awareness is just open enough to grab these concepts and ideas. Um, you know, so many times a lyric isn't premeditated. It's, 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 I, I only can write the lyric after the lyric before it, you know, so it's, they just tumble out and it's, it's a supernatural experience. I love it. Yeah. Uh, how about I won't give up? I won't give Another up. Another huge hit, huge, huge hit. Yeah. Um, I had, um, again, was not in a relationship. It was kind of a, the experience of a failed relationship, which is never good. Um, and two things are occurring. You know, you don't want the other person to, um, you don't want that relationship to suffer just because you're no longer going to be an item. Um, you still want to acknowledge and respect and honor those things that, that did work and the, the values that you did, um, appreciate, admire in that other person. You want to you want to sustain the relationship, even though you're not going to be an item. Simultaneously, you, I didn't want to feel like a loser. That I myself was also a failure. I didn't want that. So the song mm -hmm. is about two things. I'm not going to give up on you, and I'm not going to give up on me. I'm 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 still a cool guy. You're still a great person, even though we didn't work out. And so the song was an attempt to acknowledge both parties. I won't give up on us, even though we weren't going to be together. Um, and I wrote it autobiographically, you know, at my kitchen table, tears and snot bubbles coming out of my face. Um, 
in an effort to save the friendship and an effort to make me feel whole again. Um, and I just relationships, they just, they just, they just suck. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. are so hard. I'm just also remembering, I, I hope I'm not attributing this wrong, but I, I sort of remember being obsessed with, so you think you could dance a version of that. Am I making that up? I think there was a version of that on, so you, you probably don't remember. Um, like there was a wait. dance, a beautiful dance to it, I think, unless it was one of your, I'm um, sorry, I, I should have looked this up That might have been beforehand. If It Kills Me. Okay. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. An acoustic version of If It Kills Me, yeah, which was uh, a song about like, um, just longing and desire to be with someone that's already with someone else. And it's going to, you know, it's going to kill me, but I, I just have to admit it. Um. There's so many songs a, about lust and love in the past. You also have a song called The Remedy. Of course, I think it was your debut single officially. Yeah. And during my research, I was reading that you weren't always the biggest fan of it. Is that right? Yeah. It was a really challenging song to agree to. It was the first time I'd done a co-write in a studio. Um, and I took this idea that was stemmed out of... Um, a rap about my best friend, Charlie, when I was younger, he, when we were both 21, he was diagnosed with cancer and I'm out in California pursuing my dream. And I couldn't figure out why I had my life and he had his life. We grew up in the same town, drank the same water. And yet our circumstances were so very different. And his attitude through his whole process in treatment was, man, I'm not going to worry my life away. I'm going to do what the doctors tell me to do. And the remedy for this is going to be the experience of living through it. And so his story became inspiration for this song that kind of popped out in the car one night driving home, thinking about him as I saw fireworks exploding over Disneyland off the freeway. Well, I took that idea into a songwriting sesh with the matrix, uh, which are three incredible pop producers and they helped me distill the essence of the song, which was, I won't wear my life away. But that giant chorus overlapping with the verse, it felt physically impossible to sing. Like I haven't even finished singing the verse before the chorus comes in. So I was already, you know, putting up um, kind of a struggle with the song. And then we go into the studio and it has like 90 tracks on it. I was like, look, I'm an acoustic guitar player. I'm still playing in coffee shops. How am I going to pull off this song? Like, Sonically, I was putting up a fight, a struggle against it. But I got to tell you, as soon as it came out, people connected with it. I think people in the cancer community, the survivors um, and families who were touched by it, they started hearing the messages in it. And and even my own experience of singing it, I won't worry my life away. I started to then use the song as the medicine I needed to not struggle against mm -hmm. the song. And it was the first time in my life, and luckily it was the very beginning of my career, that the power of positive thinking and the power of positive language transformed my life experience. And it shifted my attitude and, and even purpose as a songwriter so that going forward, I, I, I paid attention to this and I wanted to write these songs that had these affirmations like, I won't give up or I'm yours, where the I am blank became something powerful rather than I am sad or I am suffering or I am not worthy. 
I wanted to sing, I am grateful. I am whole. I am, um, I am, uh, you are just getting com- started. There's a song. Complete. That you- I am just yeah, getting yeah. started. Exactly. Danny. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I am iconic. I tr- truly, <laughs> I even wrote down the, uh, because I put on the album and I loved the whole thing. Truly. I'm not just bullshitting you. I thought it was so great, but uh, I got really emotional during this one line in just getting started. It just like hit me. You know how sometimes a lyric will hit you at a time where it just, it like pierced through my soul. The lyric is I'm the same as I was when I was a kid. I always knew I would make it. Uh, it's in my blood. It's in my tears. I'm standing up here naked. I, uh, and then you go on to say, I am the spark in the darkness. I just love, I'm the spark in the darkness, like hit me hard. I don't know. It was just, it's such a beautiful lyric, but it goes to kind of what you're saying of the I am statement. And this is, I am just getting started. I am the spark in the darkness. And I know that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Um, first few times recording it, first time performing it, I cried because in a way I can't believe I'm still doing this. There were so many times on this journey where I felt like, okay, I'm done. I've done more than I ever wanted to do. I don't need to keep doing this. Don't need to keep putting myself in the public for scrutiny or I don't need to keep putting myself in this grueling schedule of touring and promoting things. Um, I've had enough experiences. I'm good. Um, And yet I still feel called to act. I still feel called to perform. I still feel um, inspired um, I still feel new. I still feel like there's parts of me that have yet to be expressed. Um, and so this song, I'm just getting started is like picking myself up again after yet another um, relationship failure and like still trying to figure out who the F I am in this life and how to cultivate love within that. It's not outside in any means. It's, it's always, it has always been in me and I can learn to cultivate that, hold that better and express that better. And in a way, at 45, I'm still just getting started. And and the future is filled with so much potential. I have no idea what the future holds, and it's so exciting. To take a quick break here, we'll be back with much more from Jason Mraz. As always, I want to thank ACAST. Also, you can go to everythingiconic.store for Everything Iconic merch. We have signed books over there. We have new t-shirts and all sorts of stuff. Everythingiconic.store. And we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. You came out in 2018 as bisexual, and do you feel like that had any impact on your career at all, um, positively, negatively, or or none at all? Not not so much on my career. Um, more of just, um, it's the first step in me just kind of like trying to better navigate the relationship, my relationship choices and experiences. Um, I don't think it affects my career because it doesn't change who I am as a writer or performer. Um, it, it, it might change how I view my catalog and choose songs going forward. Um, how do you mean? Well, you know, if, if there's a song that sings in a way that feels very sort of hetero romantic, that's not, all, that's, you know, or, or, if it uses um, like a, for example, I have a song called butterfly and in that song, the lyric gets very, um, you know, I use the pronoun sister. If that is a pronoun, sister pronoun, um, sister, you've got I feel like such and a I dummy. I'm like, wait, is it? <laughs> I don't know. No, um, no, it, it's not, but um, it, it's yeah, I know not, what you're saying. but, but it's a descriptive word that implies a very specific thing. And I don't sing that word anymore. Now it just, it's kind of a blank space in the song. It's like, you've got it all. And that, that feels more inclusive to me. Um, so looking back at my catalog, I think there's like little adjustments that um, are being made. But other than that, I don't think it's career changing so much as it is just helping me um, have better experiences in life and um, love myself even, even deeper. Well, it it means a lot to, I, I'm gay, but I, I think um, there's not a lot of bisexual representation. So I, I think it's great that you were able to open up about that. So I, I thank you for that. Um, were there any songs yeah. in your past that you were, especially starting out, maybe you were singing to uh, or, or singing the pronouns um, she, her, and it was actually about a, a guy. Does that make sense? Um, no, because I think I was so scared. You know, and and sitting on that that thin line in bisexuality, it's like there's no bi porn. You know, there's no bi movies. It's it's like it's one or the other. So like if I'm so like when I have experiences with the man, I'm I'm gay. I'm on the gay side, right? But when I'm when I float back over to a hetero relationship, 
I feel very straight. So like, it's been a very confusing and gray existence. And I think this might be something that a lot of people in the LGBTQ community struggle with is like how you then show up for your parents, how you show up for your family and the expectations they may have had of you or, or how they understood you to be growing up. That always limited my experience. And if my relationships with men were um, few and far between or somewhat secretive, then it didn't feel enough for me to come out and say, well, I'm, I must be gay. So it's been this really blurry line and I've kept most of it to myself thinking maybe I'm nothing. And I just will never be in a full on lifelong relationship, but I'll have experiences on all over the place in a, in a pansexual kind of a way. And, and that's been actually very exciting to embrace um, and not worry about what side I'm going to end up on because it allows me to um, continue to just be free, right. which is nice. Um, <laughs> I do a little stand up on the side and I just kind of say, it, it just kind of makes me feel a little extra slutty. That's just where I end up. Perfect. <laughs> Love that. Um, getting back to some of the music stuff was uh, you opened for Alanis Morissette, Jewel, Tracy Chapman, you've collaborated with people like Colby Calais, Sarah Bareilles, Megan Trainer. Who is the most talented musician? Like the person that you maybe collaborated with that you were most blown away by? Obviously, all these people are fantastic, but who was one you're yeah. like, holy fuck, they're either their voice, their writing, their whatever, musicianship. Megan Trainer was definitely one of those people. She walked in the studio. We only had maybe two or three hours together. She's like, this is what I want to do. She really was, she was a big fan of Lucky, the song I did with Colby Calais. She goes, I want to make a Lucky like with you. And, and I wanted to be like this. So she already had an idea of what was, was possible. And we started to, to go back and forth on um, some ideas. And I had been in a relationship with someone that, that said, I like you more than friends. And so this idea was a cute idea to pursue and, she she had this ability to to envision the final production even before we were were deep in the writing process and so she has producer role she has she has the vision she has the musical rhythm and and instrumentational skills to back it all up so i was very impressed with how direct and efficient she is in her creativity process um yeah. And, and how about, uh, I mentioned Alanis and Jewel, and they were both very formative to me, as I think so many of us. But is there, um, out of those two artists, is there a song you were like, oh, I wish I wrote that, or I wish that was my song, or or a favorite to the Alanis and Jewel? Mm. Alanis had quite a few. Um, Uninvited, Thank You. Um, is it Thank You? Is that the name of the yeah. song? Yeah. Um, I was on tour with her during her one of her Jagged Little Pill reunion tours, but she she had also at that point while she was celebrating that album, she had also still had made other albums. So what I got to witness night after night was the catalog, the experience of having multiple albums and lots of songs. Same with Jewel, multiple albums, lots of hits, and uh, both of these artists 
took me in as an opener and they would check on me throughout the tour. How's it going? How are you feeling? Is everything okay on the road? You know, they also had this really um, nurturing sense of like, don't forget to take care of yourself. Because I was young and I smoked and drank and I did all these things I probably shouldn't have done as a performer, but maybe they noticed that and they gave me a little extra love as almost like a big sister would. Um, So very lucky to tour extensively with both of those artists and witness not just song, but many songs, which inspired me to then really work on a body of work more than just trying to find that one song. Right. Uh, so beautiful. Um, or are there any collabs you haven't done that you're would love to do still that you haven't gotten to any other artists? I'm sure there's so many. There are, um, you know, whenever this question comes up, I, I, I have to think of, you know, elders who may not be with us much longer. Um, that might, we might still be able to glean some wisdom from I've had the chance to work with Willie Nelson, um, Crosby and Nash. Um, I've always been a huge Bjork fan. Um, I don't know what a collab with Bjork would be like, but even if we could just have tea and that would be amazing. Um, I did go with Tracy Chapman. I think her work ethic is phenomenal. Were there I mean, any fast, fast car, one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, yeah. But were, were there any collabs that you have recorded that went unreleased for whatever reason? Yeah. Most of my collabs were released. Like my collab with Willie Nelson and Crosby and Nash are yet unreleased. Um, there's a legend from Brazil. I got to work with Melton Nascimento and um, uh, to quote, Mark Marin, the trepidation of a Dave Matthews fan. I grew up as a Dave Matthews fan. Um, there's still something to to that bizarre quality that he has as a songwriter that I would still love to collab on and, and have a songwriting experience. Um, all in what I think could be a unique album someday to where I sit with my mentors. Um, Michael Franks, I'm a huge Michael Franks fan. He was a English teacher in the seventies, I think out of UCLA and he turned into like a smooth jazz icon. Um, uh, dare I even say Jewel is a, is an, as a mentor an elder, uh, she's not that much older than me, but um, she at one point was like the highest selling poet of all time, believe it or not. Um, I'd still love to have a songwriting collab with her. So I think there's, there's collabs in the future that could turn into a really unique album of duets. We need that. You know, I Thanks. used to do karaoke to Jewel when I was drunk and in college as well. And hey, I uh, love that. You know, it was not good. It was not good, Jason. Yeah, I'm sure it was great. Uh, okay, wait, let me tell me about the new album, Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride, out June 23rd. Tell people about it. Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride is a way of saying life. Uh, but to say life would just be so short and I don't want life to feel short. I want it to feel like a long, magical, whimsical, uh, radical ride. And I want to be awake for that ride. I want to enjoy the ride. Uh, I want to lean in and, and, um, and carve out a, um, 
a place in this life where it says I was here. Uh, so this is an album that that really breathes life into our dreams. Uh, it recognizes time, where we've been, where we're potentially going, um, to not give up on those dreams, to not give up on life, to stick around because the best is yet to come. Um, it's it's an album that's really full of hope. And it's for me, it's written in my 40s. So I can I feel like I have enough experience to look back and say, okay, this is what I've done. And I have to trust that it's only going to get better where I'm going. Um, so yeah, it's, it's about the ride through life. It's so good. You should be so, so proud. And I know I got to let you go, but um, uh, just a few more things before I do, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, geek in the pink. There's an opening lyric to that, that always has stuck with me where you say it's laundry day. Yeah. So tell me, where did that come from? Where it's laundry day. I love it. It's laundry day. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think it's quite literal um, that so many of my clothes eventually turned pink from just not knowing how to do laundry as a young person. Uh, I, I think that's that's really all it is. Um, Oh, I love it. I wrote that song in Miami with some hotshot producer in a packed studio of rappers all smoking weed. And I was just this scrawny little kid in like a pink, you know, alligator collared shirt. Uh, and I felt like I didn't fit in. And except at the same time, I felt like I had a lot of talent and I could prove myself. And so I sat on this couch writing, yo, let the geek in the pink take a stab at it. Like the way I'm thinking, baby, wink at it. Here we go. Like a, it was just kind of flexing in in this studio environment that I felt like I didn't belong in. Uh, and so that's that's how that song kind of came to be. I love it. Uh, Jason, the last two questions I ask all of my guests are your favorite Mariah Carey song. And if you were choosing for People Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? For some reason, Dream Lover always comes up first when I think Mariah Carey. That's the era that she just like entered into like, I don't know. She went from, I love her cover of uh, I'll Be There with Trey Lorenz. That was probably like the best Mariah performance, but I wouldn't dare say it's Mariah's song. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with that dream lover. The uh, video with uh, in the field. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And what was uh, the second question? And if you were choosing for people magazine, sexiest man alive, who would you choose? Oh, if I was voting for someone. Yeah. Yeah. If you had the power yeah. to just put some, it has to be an actor, musician, someone people know. Can it be you holding that Alf doll? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it's an Alf puppet. I would love that. Oh, it's a puppet, even better. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me and Alf on the cover. I would be honored. I would be honored. Uh, Is Alf kind of gender neutral? What is Alf? I suppose. I mean, yeah, yeah. But we, yeah. He definitely kind of had like masculine tendencies. Yeah. I just recently rewatched it. It's insane. I mean, it's a crazy show, but I loved it. And he ate cats, which I was not a big fan of. There's also like crazy behind um, the scenes stories about it, but yeah. Sexiest man alive. You know, I just watched that Michael J. Fox documentary still. 
I'd so vote good. for him. So I'd good. vote him. Yeah. So good. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time. Your new album, Ma- Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride, is out June 23rd. I loved it. Uh, getting started needs to be in sort of a movie or something because it's just... Oh, thanks. That like bridge is stunning. Stunning. Um, Jason, thank you thanks. so much for taking the time. Thank you so very much. I'll be Bye, talking Jason. to you today. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Oh